Welcome to Fantasy Watch, the first show out there bringing you Fantasy Overwatch League information, bringing you the best news and uh, stats in the in the biz. I'm here. My name's Invictus. We just finished watching the week three matchups uh, for stage two, and I'm with my buddy Mikey. What's up, Mikey? What's up, guys? Uh, this is I'm I'm Mikey, and I'm back to talk with another week of Overwatch with y'all. We're coming off a week with just decisive victories. Close and some close games, and just some blowouts that um, that fr- that frankly have just rocked the Overwatch world. Like spe- later on, we're gonna be talking about the Gladiators and La- and Spitfire, for example, matchup. But let's. But right now, let's get on to the uh, our week our week three recap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we do have a couple things we're going to talk about this week. We're going to do a weekly recap, talk a little bit about uh, what we experienced and saw last week, uh, some of the hot players, um, whether we believe those performances or not. We're going to talk about the value of a tank. After last week, we saw um, you know some really great play. We saw the gladiators reach new heights, um, soaring above the winged counterparts in Los Angeles. Um, as well as some other great victories. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about what made that changes for them. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the new players that have been picked up because I think that's some of the freshest news out there. I'm ready to get crispy on some of that. And then we're going to do the normal weekly recap. We're going to go over uh, this week's matchups and what they might mean for you and your fantasy roster. Uh, so let's jump into the weekly recap first, though. You know, the first... The, we're going to do a little bit of buy or sell action. We're going to talk about the performances of some of the best players in the league this week and talk about whether or not we buy that performance. We believe that they're going to continue to do it or if we're willing to sell it because we don't think it's going to be that great. Um, you know, The first three players in DPS are the top DPS players. Uh, we saw a new name at the top this week, Tavik. What do you think about that? Do you think that Tavik's going to continue to be able to play at that top level where he's going to be one of the top five, top, you know, even 10 DPS in the league, Mikey? Uh, Vic, you know, you and I, we talked about this constantly for uh, ever since the Mayhem, ever since the Mayhem's uh, conception that we expected big things from Tavik. Now, stage one, he was, he was, stage one, he was struggling. And quite frankly, the entire Mayhem uh, squad was struggling. But now, uh, with well, stage two, they've entered into a new meta that they are somewhat more comfortable on, and and uh, with that, we're seeing better performances from Tavik. Now, the Mayhem—they're still struggling as of as of right now, and uh, but Tavik had a phenomenal performance against the Fuel last week. But I, for one, may think that it's a fluke just because that the Fuel. They're not. They're. They're also not doing uh, too well this uh, this past week too. But but uh, with future people coming in, say Saya player, Saya player, awesome guy Zathis. This is all. This is all. We'll talk about this uh, in more detail later. Perhaps Tavik will be better. But just right now, currently, I think Tavik is a bit of a fluke. What What, do, what are your thoughts, though? Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. I think that Tavik is still an extremely high mechanically skilled player. I think that he plays well um, in a lot of situations. But this week, he did kind of take advantage of the matchups to do well. Uh, they had a five-game series in both of their ma- uh, both matchups this week, meaning he did get a little bit more playtime than some of the other players out there he's competing with. 
Um, they got reverse swept by the Outlaws, and then they did the sweep against, or the reverse sweep against Dallas. Now, uh, like I said, taking advantage of some of Houston while they're down, but also beating a team um, in Dallas that may have played well on a couple of maps, but just fails to find consistency. Um, Dallas's struggles are well noted. We'll mention them briefly later on. But there, there's a reason that Dallas is falling, and I do think Mayhem is on the up and up. For the rest of this stage, I don't think that we're going to see Tavik probably in the top 5 or top 10 DPS. However, I do have more faith in Tavik as being a, a performing player, especially like you said, once they get those other pickups. So if you have Tavik on your bench and you're wondering if you should start him this week since he played hot, I'm going to go ahead and say no for this week. But you want to keep him around because I do think that once he gets awesome guy in there, and Zappis, who play very aggressively, it'll match his play style a little bit better, as well as with Sia Player, and I think that they could maybe have an extremely uh, successful second half of the season. Uh, that brings us into somebody that we've seen at the top uh, very consistently, the man, the myth, the legend, Sabi um, who gets his power directly from his wife. Uh, she fuels him, <laughs> um, and, I, and I do think that we're going to continue to see Sabiobi as a top player. I've said it all along. Almost all the analysts have said it. he's one of the best tracers in the world. He has the ability to play both a very defensive and also hyper-aggressive tracer, just depending on the situations and the needs of his team. He plays extremely flexible. He doesn't need his team to be successful. And going into this week, I do expect him to continue to succeed. What do you oh, think? I wholeheartedly agree as well. Sabiobi, week in, week out since stage one, the, uh, and the uh, stage one finals going to stage two now, he has proven himself to be to be the top tracer in the entire league. His, ab- his ability to play both a defensive tracer, an aggressive offensive tracer, a, a and also his ability to duel a tracer, zone off the enemy tracer, brings tremendous value to the New York Excelsior, and thus buying thus buying uh, Jonak even so his support his space, his time to get off, to do Jonak things. You're seeing him and you're seeing, I mean, that's why you're seeing Jonak at the top of the, at the, at the top of the fantasy boards. It's a result of Sabiobi now. And, and so Sabiobi, week in, week out, he's been the best tracer. I'm expecting, uh, I'm, I'm expecting just good things from him as well. I think, um, I think we, I think you keep him. <laughs> if you have him, don't, you know, if you have him, keep him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, even this week, so say, for example, this week, New York Excelsior is playing the Dynasty and then they're playing the Dragons. Say Obi might not get as much play time against the Dragons, and that's okay. Uh, you are looking in a 10-team league. You're in the top probably 35 to 40 DPS are going to be started or should be started. You know, you want to have the top 60 players started. And even if he only plays against Dynasty, he completely sits out against Shanghai. I still think that uh, Sabiobi will be in the whoa, top whoa, 60 whoa, for whoa, players. Whoa. Uh, who are, okay, you're going to sit Sabiobi. Who's going to play his role? There's uh, there's not, like, there's no one There's no one else. Ben Pine. The new- Pine? Pine played Tracer against Shanghai last time they played oh, them. okay. Yeah, true, true, true. It's just, I can't imagine, I, I can't. I just can't envision a time that you don't play Sabiobi, you know? Yeah, I think they, they gave Pine some more some more floor time against uh, Shanghai last time. And I think they may do that again, but we'll, we're yet to see what happens. Um, but I still think even if Sabiobi only plays against Seoul, I still think he's going to be a top 30 player. 
uh, this week. That brings us into the final player who we've kind of seen peak in at, at different points in the season, and that's going to be Asher coming in from the Gladiators. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about him and the Gladiators a little bit later, but I do think that I personally am going to buy Asher's continued improvement um, as well as say that he probably is going to continue to be maybe not in the top three DPS every week, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of uh, you know stage two and stage three that he has been consistently in the top 10 to 15 DPS, making him essentially a, a DPS 1, DPS 2 must start. What are you thinking about Asher? Okay, Asher, him, Asher, he has a bit of an asterisk, a question mark to him, because he's, you essentially get the same thing from him that you get out of Surefork, a consistent performer on the hitscan role. Like, right now, I just, I haven't seen enough of Asher, but now I've seen, I've seen plenty of uh, plays made by Asher, but just right now, I... I, I, I'm gonna have to pass on. I'm gonna have to pass on him just because we haven't seen enough. We haven't seen enough of him just because he splits almost identical playtime with Shorefor and hydration. That um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't have enough solid true. ground to make a decision on that. You know, I'm almost thinking that they may be playing him more because of the the Korean link, if you will. That it makes it easier to play him with Fisher and. Bishu when you have three Koreans in there um, and going into the future where you get the fourth Korean in Void which we'll also discuss a little bit later I think that you know you might end up with that four Korean roster and your two European uh, healers uh, support players that have continued to do well as well so I'm not 100% sure on that but I do think that I'm going to keep an eye on Asher I do think I'd want to play him this week especially as the Gladiators are still on their uptick this week they face off against Mayhem, um, and I think they're going to be able to probably either three or four of that. And they're also playing um, uh, Houston Outlaws, which you know that's that's a game I'm looking forward to watching. Um, even if my team is going to be struggling still, I think that it's going to be an opportunity for a lot of the Gladiators players to get a ton of points. Uh, that kind of closes up to the top three DPS players after week eight. Um, or stage two, week three. Now we got to go into the tanks, man. The tanks this week are kind of the three players that you kind of thought were going to be there. Um, the first one being Fisher, the man, the myth, the meme himself. Uh, what do you think about Fisher's performance this week? And what can we expect from him in the future? Fisher's performance this week basically has sealed his fate in the starting lineup for the Gladiators. But um, they, considering his fate is a third on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, well, you see what he like, Oh, I like my, my mind is, my mind is blown folks about, about what Fisher did, but okay. Just for context, remember the majority of the picks I had last week, guys, I was for the most part, correct, but man, did I eat my words for the Gladi for the uh, prediction on Fisher last week, I specifically said that I think that London has noses every move, and Fisher is not gonna is gonna be his his performance will be diminished. But guys, what how much he how much he did for the Gladiators? How much how much space zone? How much uh, pressure he created was instrument was instrumental to the success of the Gladiators. 
and you saw that, and with that, you saw you saw great performances by Bishu. You saw fantastic performances by Hydration, Shoreford. It's it's and Asher and Asher, and Asher yeah, it, uh, like words can't describe what what Fisher has done, and um, I'm saying bye. I'm I'm, I'm calling him a bye man. <laughs> what do you? What about you? I think Fisher. Um, you know what? What's the meme? Fisher's the most the best tank in the world and the most handsome, <laughs> or something something like Hello, that. Hello, London uh, gladiators and- here. Can we have wait? Hello, no, 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 wait, hello, hello, gladiators, London here, can we have Fisher back? <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> what, what, the meme started with, like, like, oh, we'll trade Fisher and make lots of money, oh, well, Fisher carries, so gladiators beat London. Wait, <laughs> wait, <laughs> you know? Fisher, wait, Fisher carries it, and, and beats us, wait a minute, we didn't think this through. <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and, you know, I mean, some of that may be, you know, obviously Fisher was extremely motivated to perform well and win. Oh, yeah. You saw the post-game you interview. Know, you should see that there was a bit of spite between that tweet and the post-game interview. You know there was a bit of spite. <laughs> and, and and that's all fair, dude. Like, I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it brings, you know, a ton of good news and good attention to the league in a week where we had to deal with a lot of other drama um, and bad things. Fisher is just this this ray of uh, comedic relief and happiness and just a great success story. And I'm excited to see it continue to unfold. Like I said, once they get void, I think they're going to continue to improve. Um, And I see a really bright future. Me and you talked about this while we were watching the games after watching how well gladiators are playing, even if that is the peak of their play for this stage. I do think that the gladiators have the ability in the future to continue to climb the ranks and I expect to see them, you know, in the season playoffs if they continue to to play the level they're playing and, and improve. Oh, for them. sure. With the addition, with the uh, confirmed, by the way, addition of Void, we'll we'll see we'll see a consistent tank performance that maybe Fisher lacks in Bishu. Not that uh, Bishu is underperforming in any way, but with Void, he has I an think old Bishu's actually playing better with Fisher. Precisely, too. he elevate he elevates the entire team's play. But now with Void, you have Absolutely. someone who's played with him in the past. With in Kongdu, you have someone who's obviously synergized with him. But then, what Fisher has done to empower the Gladiators folks is what Void can do to empower Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? Of, what do you think about that? <laughs> this is. I think that's. A, I think that's probably a good call. Like honestly, I do. I think that um, Bishu is a solid diva, and I don't want to take anything away from him. I think that he is kind of on the bottom end, though, of the Al uh, divas. And I think that Void is going to be able to help Fisher step up his play a little bit and strengthen the team, as well as I think that uh, the ability to have more players playing the same role who can feed off of each other and help each other improve is only going to make the team better. Yeah, because you saw how um, you saw how in the previous two weeks when the Gladiators were facing both the Fuel and the uh, and Soul, that initially it seems like it seemed like uh, Fisher was moving. 50 miles ahead of, of Bishu, and Bishu was just being quite indecisive of what he, what he should have been doing, where he should have been. Oftentimes, like, if you would if you would have paid attention to Bishu, you would have seen him effectively fly his mech one way, and then fly back, covering almost no distance, because Fisher is 
thinking light years ahead of it. But now with but now this week against the Spitfire, we seen we seen uh, what happens when Bishu is on the same page and he lets uh, Fisher elevate the entire team's play. It, it, it certainly elevated Bishu's play. I mean, it elevated Asher, obviously, into the top three, and hydration looked good as well. Me and you both, uh, while watching the games on our live viewing channel, feel free to join us this week. Um, you know, both of us uh, talked about how much hydration looked better, and between Fisher, Asher, and hydration, and what Bishu, get, you know, providing matrices, matrix at the right time and stuff, you know, all of them performed higher. Uh, their synergy is only growing. Um, but we'll talk a little bit. I want to save some of that kind of analysis for a little bit later in the next section. Uh, so let's jump right into tank number two this week, which is going to be somebody else we're used to seeing at the top. The man that replaced Fisher as a starting tank for the London Spitfire. We got Gesture. I think I think that uh, was was there something going on in your head when you thought when you thought to put Gesture as the other tank we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> there had. <laughs> um, I mean, I was kind of laughing about it, but I do think that both of them are there for a reason, fair. especially after last week. Um, yes, Gladiators won, but it was some close maps. And Gesture looked good, but he also looked like London had had a game plan for them. Uh, another thing to think about here, though, is Gladiators, if scouting well, have a ton of footage to watch on Spitfire and how they play together and what their strats are. Not to mention, Fisher understands how the Spitfire was going to play. Just like you had kind of thought that London was going to be able to beat Fisher at the same time, he knew what they were going to do, and so he could have had good scouting reports on them for the Gladiators. I failed um, to think... And very few people he failed to think the reverse. I was just going to say that you know with Gladiators... Um, there's, there was only two weeks of footage of them with Fisher, and one of those weeks, he had only been on the team for like two days. Yeah, I felt, yeah. So we don't know how much they spent. Yeah, like, like you said, I felt to uh, think the reverse, and for sure, Fisher playing an entire stage with London probably knew the, uh, the footing of what London is looking to do, whereas like London, they only really have dirt on Fisher, per se. And then the rest of the entire team... Uh, of the of the gladiators from week one, they were like I mean from stage one. Sorry, you don't know what the hell they're wanting to do. One series they play four tank quad tank for an entire game. The next series they're playing aggressive die. The next series they're playing like they have hydration doing whatever the hell he wants to do kind of deal. They London had mm-hmm. no London. I mean yeah, London they had very little if any of a game plan to plan for uh, the gladiators and I said in the previous week you can't plan for hydration he just he's just so unpredictable but we're not the subject isn't hydration yeah. it's the fact that they only had a, a fisher to work with and the rest yeah. it was just kind yep. of guesswork and really I mean really even we talked about this after the 4-0 that the gladiators had on the valiant is the entire gladiators roster looks so much stronger to a level that we hadn't seen them yet. Um, and if that's the only video or the only footage you have of the team performing at that high of a level, it's really hard to judge and guess what they're going to do, especially considering, you know, the map pools varied. Um, but I do, I think overall, I'm still going to believe in Gesture. If you have Gesture, you're still going to start him. He's going to be one of the best tanks probably every week. And you can continue to be tanking on one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that brings us to another tank who 
played in one of the games that we talked about here already, and that's Fate. You know, Fate playing for the Los Angeles Valiant got 4-0'd by the Gladiators and then 4-0'd Houston. Uh, A little bit of inconsistency in results, but his play was fairly solid in, in both matches. Fate is and continues to be one of the better tanks in the league. Uh, what do you think is, is keeping him in that spot? And do you buy him continuing to be one of the better performing tanks uh, throughout the rest of this stage and the rest of the season? Well, Faye, he's got quite the story. Coming from during his contenders days of arguably being one of the underperforming to worst tanks. Uh, that's debatable, folks. But he arguably, yeah, just arguably one of the best, I mean, worst tanks um, at the time. Yeah, but the contenders stage one, one stage sure. two, we saw just... Just an incline of success from him. Now, now on the subject of last week, we just he didn't he didn't have exactly a lackluster performance um, against uh, uh, the the gladiators. He didn't exactly have a lackluster performance. There were just a whole host of extenuating circumstances that happened that I haven't really yet analyzed yet. So for right now. Uh, barring that, barring some, barring lightning strikes or something, I say, fish. I say, uh, fate. He's still solid. You should start him, buy him. He's a buy. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm going to buy into fate. I think he's going to continue to be a a good tanky. Um, if he's the one, the only tanker starting every week, I think that you're probably not going to be too far behind the the replacement level, um, if not above it. So I think that's what you're really looking for, especially going into this week. They're going to be facing off against the Mayhem, which I do think the Valiant will be able to win that. And I think that Fate's going to look good against a Mayhem team that still is struggling a little bit, even though they're looking better. I think Valiant's still a little bit above them as far as overall skill. And then they're going to be facing off against Boston. So we'll talk about the matchups later, but I do think that those are going to be positive uh, for Fate. And I think he's going to be able to find some success. Uh, that, that kind of brings us into the final role. We got support, and I'm excited to talk about some of these because they're guys that we've continued to see at the top or in the top 10 almost every single week, um, and that's going to be you know, led by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Jajajonak. Um, he's number one, not just in the support category, but he was number one overall in new scoring this week. Uh, what do you think about Jonak? Do you, I, I think everybody knows this is going to have to be a buy because if you're selling Jonak, uh, well, I'd like to have what you're smoking <laughs> on. Uh, well, you're putting me on the spot here for Jonak in that there's not much to talk about. He, like, he, that's why I gave it to you. <laughs> it was, it, oh, okay, okay, Vic, okay, Vic, okay, Vic. Now it's only my it's only my second day here, but with okay with Jonak, stage one. He was empowered. He was empowered with the proper amount of heels, pills, and just space to operate, uh, basically under his own terms. Now, with the with his playstyle, we go into stage two with a changed meta with Mercy being changed and question marks surrounding whether his aggressive play is going to be risky. Is going to cost him. He's he's going to feed because the only other Zen that plays like him play play like him back was a sleepy and sleepy. His value has has diminished a little from stage one to stage two, but uh, but that's just that's going a little off subject. Jonak, he's continued to uh, he's continued to just impress and 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 go beyond with uh, with his performances. You know, with him, you can rely on 
basically having a trans a transcendence just every fight, you know, and more than likely with the with the uh, proper amount of time and space, he guarantees a pick for for more for whatever reason. And uh, I mean, he's yeah, his a damage he's output still is surrounded also- by some of the best players in the league. We talked about Sabio B earlier. In fact, um, you know, of the the players that we're going to be talking about in this, you know, the top three for each category, Joe Knack and Sabiolbi, Fisher and Asher are the only two from the same team. And I think it says a lot about both of them, and they both really stood out this week. Precisely, precisely. And just Joe Knack, uh, you, you can just look at one of, at one of his stats, it's just his kills, I mean, the, his fight, his final eliminations and his damage output, it's just, well, it's just phenomenal. Like, wait, you're a support player? <laughs> and so that, and so he also just yeah. brings tremendous value to the fantasy. He's a buy. He's a, he's a buy keep. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Vic? Um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts, uh, but let me, you hear that? Uh, that's, that, that's that's me pouring out the beer that the, I'm buying because I bought Saviolbi. Uh, or uh, not Saviolbi, because I bought Jonak. But Saviolbi, too, no. I think they're both great, man. And I think that Jonak's going to continue to be one of the best support players in the league. Um, his overall ability to play, his game knowledge, the way that the team enables him, um, he continues to find success all of the time. He's He leads his team almost all the time. Uh he, he had the second or third most ultimates um, on the New York Excelsior roster, and that's coming on playing a support player. That by itself is pretty impressive. Um, his kill to death was against Philadelphia, which was a little bit harder of a game and was pretty close, to be honest with you, on some of the maps. Was uh, 25 and 29 on a support player. The way that the points are weighted, that is extremely beneficial for him. Um, I think we're going to continue to see him performing. Like I said, he was a top performing or top overall scorer this week. That alone is enough said. Uh, so that that brings us into the second player, who had a pretty rough week, um, to be honest with you, um, as far as results go, and they've been continue to struggle. And that's Rockus coming from the Houston Outlaws up the ante. Um, you know, last week they got smashed on by the Valiant. Uh, and then reverse swept the mayhem. And Rockus didn't even look horrible against the Valiant. I don't think that's what the issue about what was happening there. Um, but all of that said, even with the struggling results, um, he continued to be the number two uh, uh, healer uh, or support player this week and week eight. But he's also been, you know, overall throughout the entire season, I believe he is number eight or number nine for support. I am going to buy him. If you have Rockus, he's going to be a solid start. The chances of you having, you know, Rockus and a, a support player that's going to be better than him are probably pretty slim. I also think that his results are fairly um, consistent. And so, you know, he's not going to have that super bottom floor performance that some of the other support players have had. Now, what do you think about Rockus? Okay, Rockus on paper, on stage, he's performing. he's performing well. Uh, whether it be in the wins or losses, but Vic, I gotta disagree with you here. Just because of just because of this particular stage right now, I, like the entire Houston squad, they just look so volatile. They just and not and not in the hydration way that 
and not in the hydration way where it's actually a positive. It's like this entire squad they're so unstable. Um, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm, That's I'm very trying true. To, I'm trying to think back. It was one of the, one of the Korean analysts for uh, for Apex, and he's he, and he's also frequent uh, frequent had frequent connections and talks with Overwatch League players and stuff. That he's uh, he's analyzed and said that for that the Houston Outlaws, uh, you can that they can exploit Jake, especially in his tracer play, and and uh, just work from there. Now I don't I don't know now that may not translate clearly to to terms of Rockus, but what that says is that like these these uh, higher tier teams they know they know how to tear apart from the seam, and and with just with just one person just essentially being out of the equation, uh, like at at random times, you know, Rockus's value also also could be affected by it, and. Just and just with the way it's the stage is set up, you need a high value tracer player, which the uh, which the the outlaws don't exactly have. And then without one, it could be it could tear apart from the seam, and it could trickle down into Rockus, and Rockus might not put out uh, put out those out those high output numbers that he normally does. I'm a little nervous. I'm gonna have to pass on Rockus. Hey, not a bad call. I, I definitely think it, I do agree with you in a lot of a lot of ways. Um, and I think it was, I might be saying this wrong, but uh, Atopsy or Autopsy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Twitch.tv slash um, He's the one who said that. Yeah, I see why. Yeah. Yeah, or YBT. Um, I think he also might be called. But anyways, he, he did say um, that while Tra- uh, I think it was something along the lines of Jake's uh, aim as Tracer has improved. However, his game knowledge um, is, is still exploitable. Um and I do think that that's true. Like, I think that, you know, I've been extremely critical of Jake. Uh, I know we're supposed to be talking about Rockus, but I think at the whole, you're right about, you know, some of those things. It is a puzzle piece. It is a team game. How uh, one player succeeds, oftentimes it's because the rest of his team uh, isn't finding success or because they're just on fire that week or their team is enabling them as uh, New York Excelsior enables Jonak. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I do still think that Rockus is going to, you know, finish the season a top eight to top. And now, uh, yeah, now 10 folks, support now folks, player. I enjoy watching. I enjoy watching the Green Wall by all means. And like, if you're if you're owning Rockus right now, damn right you very. <laughs> if you're if you're owning Rockus right now, I'd say keep keep them keep them because you never know. I may I may actually be completely wrong. I may be talk. I may be just talking talking well, out talking out of anywhere. But it's just from my perspective. I don't see him as stable right now. So then, and and the other thing is, you know, on the whole season, you don't, you have to you have to keep two healers or two support players on your roster. You have to have two. You only have to start one. Um, you know, Rockets right now, like I said, is a top ten. You might have somebody else who's doing better this stage. But you know, as we see stages and metas change, it'll it may change a little bit, and he might even be performing even better in stage three or in stage three. He could be a total bomb. We don't know. You kind of have to hang tight and see how things go, um, and that's something that's going to be a really interesting uh, thing for fantasy to deal with as fantasy esports and fantasy Overwatch League grows. Um, no other real sport that has fantasy has metas that change and shift and can change players' values um, that you don't and can't predict, right? Like in baseball, um, you know, all right, so you know your player's facing a lefty this week and he can't hit lefties to save his, you know, 
whatever you want to call it. And he, so you're like, all right, I'm just not going to start in this week. Well, that's just one game, you know, maybe one game a week. Um, whereas with fantasy overwatch league, the meta, you, you could have the best tracer one trick in the world, or you could have pine who's arguably one of the best McCrees and Widowmakers in the world. But if the map pool doesn't require a Widowmaker or McCree or a widow or McCree get nerfed, what are you going to do with Pine? Or the so current, or the current hero balance. Like, you'd have the best trace in the world, but if the if the actual meta is some sort of, it's like six uh, crowd control abilities, it's just diminishing results. Not that that will ever happen, per se, but the point is, metas dictate entire stages, which also dictates your fan, your fantasy points and values that you get, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Keep that, yeah. Always keep that in mind. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, and that brings us into the last support for the week, and that's going to be somebody else who's we've seen at the top before, but we've also seen not play at all, and that's going to be Bedozen coming for the London Spitfire. I do think we're going to see him again this week, though. I think he's going to get some more playing time uh, against Seoul and San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to you know, be a solid win for the Spitfire, but I do think Bedozen's going to be able to perform well. And I also think that he's going to perform well against the dynasty. London's going to be out there for blood. They did not want to lose the gladiators. I'm sure their coaching staff is livid. I know they had some changes in the coaches, but I do think and expect London to bounce back and have some close games. They always seem to step it up against the other Korean teams though. And so I am going to be buying Bedos. And what about you? Michael? All right. Um, I remember someone in our fantasy overwatch discord joined by the way, Someone in our Fantasy Overwatch Discord specifically said uh, something about Bedozen, and then they were wishing that they were wishing, or it was a little, it was a, it was a little more expletive, but he said there will be there will be a day. He hopes there to be a day that uh, the London that London actually has a stable support starting lineup. But as of right now, Bedozen he's looking great. The stage, uh, the stage, and just overall, he's what second best support. If I'm if I, if I'm not yep. mistaken, he's yeah second best support. I mean, uh, I I like I, I say history I say history repeats itself and it and it means something. So, Bedosin, bye. All right, absolutely, I'm with you on that one. I think that he's been really successful. Now there are other times I think based on map pool and stuff that they brought Ness and Closer in there and they performed well with that. Um, but I do think that Bedosin is the best Zenyatta, and I think we're going to see a lot of Zenyatta this week. Um, now that kind of brings us, that kind of wraps up the buy sell about the top players after this week and brings us into our next subject, which is one that we kind of briefly talked about a little bit, and that's going to be the value of a tank. Um, now this week we saw Fisher, uh, playing against his old team. We saw the gladiators honestly, honestly take out that, that aspect of the whole thing uh, out and put that aside. The Gladiators looked phenomenal against the Valiant. Better than I think I had seen them play up until that point. And then again, they exceed my expectations playing against London. Um, you know, before Overwatch League started, uh, I personally did not think that Remix and Bishu were a good enough tank duo to compete and play against the other Koreans as well as the other top tank uh, duos in the world. Um, I hate to say I told you so and that I was right. But I told you so, and I was right. Um, Remix is a great player. I don't want to take that away from him. I just think that his level of play is not exactly where it needs to be right now to play against some of those other teams. 
Um, for context, people. Oh, sorry. Sh- Go ahead. Go ahead. For Go uh, for context people, him and I both thought that like Bishu and Remix were content were, were just great contenders levels player players. And to be honest, they didn't exactly have the, the best outing even in contenders. Now go now going back now going back to it, <clears throat> Remix uh, he showed he just showed nothing but struggle in stage one, and like and and teams that ran I just like Invictus uh, and Invictus and I. Both said that the teams with the Korean tanks are are, are just gonna do well, like plain and simple. And and to and to that, there's something about the way they play together and the amount of space that they can create that NA and Western tanks just aren't on that level. Now there are a few, but like you mentioned earlier, I'll let you say. But what'd you say about the number of Korean tanks? There are currently folks. There are currently more Korean main tank players than there are teams in the Overwatch League. That's that illustrates some that illustrates something. Hmm, something something Korean main tanks are the best. Not saying that there aren't people that can play up to that level and and, uh, and Americans and Europeans, but right as of right now, Korean main tanks. And they will eventually. They will eventually, honestly, I think that they'll be able to reach that height. But if you're looking at the current standings um, of the current rosters, right? Top eight teams, the ones that are going to make it into the playoffs. New York, Seoul, London, L.A., all Korean tanks. And going back to the subject of Remix, sorry to interrupt. I remember you even tweeted, you even tweeted about uh, about voicing your thoughts about uh, Remix just not being able to play up to that level yet. This was way before even preseason, folks. And and he was yeah, in. Uh, that's like on the end. Yeah, and Vic was and Vic was even just um, he was lambasted by the community by some members of the community saying that he was wrong. He he was wrong. He didn't know what he was talking about. But something something people in the know know more than you think you you know whatever that that's all aside by we'll we'll we'll, we'll curve that bygones be bygones kind of deal. But but yeah. but you know of the top eight teams. Um, Boston has a Korean main tank. Philadelphia's got an EU tank. Um, Houston has a NA tank. One of the best, mind you. Valiant, London, Seoul, New York. Yeah, and Muma, in my opinion, is probably the best North American tank. The only other North American tank spent more time on the bench because he was suspended because he can't keep his damn mouth shut. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think that in time... North American and Western tanks are going to be able to pick up their style of play and be at the level. But in the past, um, you know, Western players have really are at the Korean level when it comes to DPS, but the tanks, you know, seldom are able to achieve that level of skill. And I think a lot of that has to do with training regimen, coaching, um, and, and infrastructure. But you know, we've talked about some of that stuff before. In the future, I think that NA will be able to improve and Western will be able to improve. But Folks, the game of Overwatch fundamentally starts from the tanks. And actually going and actually just going back to the uh, the Korean tanks discussion, we all we also failed to mention that the Solda I mean the uh, oh, the Florida Mayhem, they're they're bringing him awesome guy, Korean main tank player as well. And then the London Spitfire have also recently confirmed acquired TZ. Uh, Runaways main tank player. It's 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 and yeah. th- this illustrates my thoughts. And Shanghai picked up a 
a Korean tank yes, as well. This il- yeah, this just il- this illustrates my thought that um, fundamentally Overwatch starts from solid tank play, and every Korean team in Apex always had uh, had tank players that were in contention to be the best in the world at any given point of time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that some of the some of the tanks that we're seeing, they create the Korean tanks. Like, look at Fisher. Okay, like we'll talk just Fisher because I think you have a big comparison. The only person on that roster who changed was Remix and Fisher, and I think that the amount of space that he has been able to create, um, even just playing with his team for a couple of weeks, um, has been instrumental in their improvement. Uh, you've seen the DPS players play better than they played since you know OWL started. Um, and I think a lot of that has to go back, again, to his ability to create space, his ability to coordinate dives. Uh, Bichu, the first couple of weeks they played together was a little bit shaky on some of their dives. Now they're finally working together a lot more, and they continue to improve that synergy, and it continues to look better. Um, I just feel very confident in the Gladiator's ability to continue to succeed. Um, what do you think that Fisher is doing differently than say I remix was doing that is enabling the team to succeed more. All right. Well, if y'all ever play the game of Overwatch, uh, y'all know that you can get medals for many different categories: damage, eliminations, objective time, blah 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 blah. But you, but there's one you can't exactly get, and I'm certainly glad that that's not it's not thing. Deaths, deaths, folks. How many t- like Korean tanks are notoriously known for their low amount of deaths? You see, I mean, you see what you see, Miro. He like he he's gone entire matches. I mean, not matches, entire maps with like without a death uh, occasionally even. And so with Fisher, you're seeing you're seeing less deaths from him than say I remix, and that just and that's just that constant presence of I've got I've got this big angry gorilla or this big jerk or this big angry German. Uh, over here, brawling, <laughs> brawling, creating, creating zones, parting, parting, parting zones like it's Moses and the Red Sea, and, and and that's just tremendous amount of value that Fisher's bringing for for the the other players, the DPS players. It, like um, it's opening up that space for Asher to go in and for for uh, hydration to just start, yeah, you do, know, doing whatever, slicing, dicing, and. Yeah, dude, Pounding, fisting yeah. people up, and yeah, dude. I mean, like that—that that pure ability um, and the confidence in not dying. Like, because I think that's another one we've talked about in the past. Like, sometimes Fraggy does a great job of going in, and and he gets a kill or two, and he creates some space, but then he dies. Um, and you know, Fusion has found a way to kind of work with that and still find success, but. A lot of those Korean tanks, like you said, they have this innate ability to survive. That seems like they're never going to die. Uh, I've I've thought about it with Miro before. I've been watching Miro since Apex. I watched him in the World Cup. Um, his timing's impeccable. He knows when to get out his Winston better than most. Uh, he doesn't stick around to wait. It's almost like he understands what heroes are playing. And in his mind, he has a timer as to how long it's going to take them to kill him. Um all at once, too. By the way, so, all at once, too. Like he, like he knows that. Okay, this hook, this dash, and probably that helix rocket is about to come at me all at once right now. He's out. 
Yeah. Um, and so I think like I'm excited to see what the Gladiators continue to do. Like I said, I'm I'm really excited for them. I think that they have a really good roster that's only continuing to improve. I think Void's going to improve it even more. And I do think that we're going to see them in contention in the playoffs. Uh, remember, you only got to get to your seat in the playoffs and, and then you can make it. Look at Envy, Apex Stage 1, or Apex Season 1, rather, sorry. You know, they made it to the playoffs with like one of the worst seeds. In fact, they were so low in the playoffs that Rogue choose to play them thinking they'd be the easy win. Um, and then they ended up winning the whole dang thing. So, you know, you just got to make it into the playoffs and you can go from there. And I think the Gladiators are going to continue to strive and put themselves in a situation where they can be in those playoffs at the end of the season. Um, you know, another thing that we kind of briefly talked about, uh, the last comment I'm actually going to make on Fisher before we move into the pickups that we heard about this week. I think that one of the keys to... Fisher's success, probably the biggest key, is his ability to meme. <laughs> um, his Twitter memes are on fire. If you have not followed him yet, you need to follow him. If you do not even have Twitter, you need to create a Twitter. And the first thing you need to do is follow at FantasyWatchOdub. And the second <laughs> thing you need to do is follow Fisher. Because his Twitter is hilarious. Um, even my the translated Korean tweets seem to be pretty funny. I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm excited to continue to see him meme and drop knowledge on the world. Because uh, I read somewhere that he's the most handsome and most talented tank in the Overwatch League. So. Okay, okay. Let's talk. <laughs> okay, maybe he's getting a little <laughs> ahead of ourselves here. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the best tanks. See, that's... That's maybe that statement's maybe half true, but now for all right. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna head into the pickups, my dude. Um, who did the shock pickup this week? Or I mean, I'm sure it happened more than this week. But why don't you tell me what players? Because you were the one who actually first uh, found and acquired this juicy bit of information this and shared it with me be- well before it was. I think you actually sent me the. You sent me a list of pickups. And I'm pretty sure that was three weeks it was ago. A quite, it was from a quite reliable source uh, I, and from, from like, that I played with and, like, uh, back in Korean ladder around season two or three when I used to live in Korea. But um, yeah, the the shock recently have have acquired <clears throat> they've acquired players uh, architect from X six and also Choi Hyobin from X six. But and in addition to they re, they acquired the American support player from the Boston Uprising Academy uh, team Moth, uh, who I actually have very little information on. Like I don't know him. I feel bad for not knowing him because he just got picked up. But uh, going but going back to who I'm going to talk about, Architect and X Six. Uh, Vic, you're gonna have to help me out here. All right. So with Architect, they have with with. The shock picking up architect. They have arguably uh, one of the best Genjis in Korea that wasn't picked up. That was well, that wasn't picked up. Now he also recently just became he, he just recently became of age, but they picked up one of the best Genjis in in a region that has names of like Hoxall, uh, Vibaro, uh, Who are you? And then you have Architect, who just is a fantastic Genji player. In addition, with Shock, they also recently picked up Choi. 
Cho Hyobin, who is uh, X6, who was X6's best flex tank player. Flex tank at this point means diva, folks. All right, so he was their best diva player. So now my question to you, Vic, is why? Like this with Architect, this is their what fifth DPS player technically. Do they do do they really need another Genji player? And then with Choi, is this speculating that maybe they're finding they're finding just um, they're a little insecure or just uncertain about Nevix's diva play? Now I know with these three players picked up, right? They'll be able they'll be able to do internal scrims and such. But what does this mean to you, especially in the context of I think- Architect and Choi? So I think internal scrims are definitely going to be huge. Um, as far as improvement level, you know, I think that Choi may be a better diva than Nevix, but I also think that people, man, I'm sick of people thinking Nevix is just a diva bot, okay? Nevix was an extremely talented DPS player before he started playing diva. Um, this Yeah, Nevix was a guy think- who going in, everyone was questioning, okay, it was the same thing of why did they pick up another DPS player? Who's going to play Diva? Because every because everyone knew that. Nev- well, remember people used to think that Baby Bane was going to play Diva because he because he had been grinding Diva and ranked. Uh, Diva and yeah. ranked, um, and maybe he originally was. I don't. We don't know. Um, I think that there's a lot of flexibility in the DPS players in this roster. Um, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know where IDD fits in. Um, I don't know if we're going to even see IDD. I would love to as an old school Overwatch fan. Um, I'd like to see him find some success in his place in the league. I trust, Br- I trust yeah, Brad might- and I trust Legit RC. But man, like, if, like it, if their team wasn't already controversial enough, what is this? Like, this is a... Yeah, dude, it, 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 it could be a a bonfire sale at the end of this season. I mean, remember this is the very first season players are only guaranteed one year with the team. We may not see the same roster back next year. We might see some of them move to coaching roles. We may see them go to other organizations. We may say go some go back to contenders. We don't know what I do think. Um, architect is probably going to be a full-time starter. Once the language barrier is kind of hashed out, I'm not sure about his English abilities, um, all right. So, and, and that's okay. I think that we've seen other Korean players who speak very little English start succeeding very quickly, um, especially if they're playing the dive role or they're playing the aggressive dive role. Um, you know, everybody understands the hero names. Everybody, you know, hears the pull out or no alts and the basic call outs and, and place on the map. And I think that they can learn those in both English and Korean pretty quickly. So I don't think that if he's mostly, which I'm assuming is going to play a lot of Genji, um, possibly paired along with Sinatra or even Dante, possibly as we've talked about, we're not sure who's going to end up in that role. I think that he's going to be successful. I think Architect is probably the biggest deal pickup for them. You know, I don't know too much about Moth. I don't know a ton uh, either. I need to do some research. I know that he actually, I believe, played this week in Toronto Esports' match. Um, versus uh, NYXL's team XL2, so I do want to go back and look at that, see who he, what heroes he played, what his pool looks like, and maybe do a little bit more research before I fully make a judgment on him. 
But at the end of the day, there's been a lot of criticisms of Dak's play lately, uh, specifically on Mercy and um, some of the other heroes. So we'll see how things go. I'm withholding my judgment. I think that uh, Moth might be a big deal. Uh, as far as what's going on with uh, Choi and Nevix, Nevix has done well, but has not been one of the best. Um, and that could be for other reasons. It could be the main tank. It could be all kinds of stuff. I'm honestly kind of surprised that they picked up Choi, um, a, D- a diva main. Although I do think he's very talented and an overall skill level, probably for diva an improvement. Um, I'm not sure what their plan is. I honestly think that Shock may be banking on Super to end up being their main. I tank. was. We'll just have to see his time. I wanted goes, to comment on I, that. I actually want to comment on that in that. Uh, with the with the acquisition of Choi, this tells me one thing: in that a, they are they that they are confident in Nomi's in Nomi's main tank play, or that this could be hints to they're just they're gearing up super for super things. I, I guess I've I've heard both coaches and a ton of other owl players saying that super play has an insane mechanical skill and insane game knowledge and can play almost any hero. Um, and so I think that if they needed to, they could probably put super into scrims uh, in a couple of weeks when he becomes eligible as a main tank and be there to be the backup. I mean, it only player. makes sense for, for internal, internal scrims that he has to be. Yeah. Somebody has to do it. But I, and he might be the best bet. Like we've never seen IDD playing tank, so I'm going to assume that at least in internal scrims, it's going to be super. But we'll have to see. I think overall, I expect Shock to improve. Shock is in a situation right now where they're not out of the playoffs. Currently sitting in eighth, um, Boston is on the decline right now as they struggle in the current meta. Philadelphia Fusion. I'd say is also slightly on the decline. We're not, they played great and they've struggled and we'll have to see how things go. So I don't think that shock is totally out of it. And I'm excited to see it with these improvements. I think they might be able to pull themselves into that seven, eight slot for the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be extremely hard for mayhem and impossible for Shanghai to make it to the playoffs. Dallas would need um, a lot of help from some other teams. Whereas San Francisco is kind of on that bubble um, and it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. So I do think that these changes could be huge for them. And then that brings us to another one, though, as we move on to a team I just mentioned, the number eight slot. We have the Gladiators, and we kind of talked about Void earlier. Um, I do personally think that Void is going to be an improvement over Bishu, uh, but I do want to note that even though I didn't believe in Bishu from the beginning, um, I believed in him more than Remix, and I do think that Bishu's level of play has continued to improve greater than some of the other players in Al. I think that he has looked better and stepped up, even with Fisher. Now, I heard something else, though, in an interview that kind of concerns me, and it's that he was translating for Fisher, and I don't know how much that is. Like we said, you could be making call-outs and stuff, in broken English or in just shouting out words, focus, diva, 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 or tracer, tracer, or, you know, Genji left, Genji right, uh, you know, Genji 
on gas station, you know, Genji gas. Genji, Diva you know, no, ma- like, Diva no know, matrix. Diva no, uh, no jets. Yeah. Genji, no reflect, you know, stuff like that. Like he, he, you know, Fisher may be able to communicate that, but he might not. Um, it concerns me though, that maybe Bishu was the first two weeks where they were still struggling a little bit more, but continuing to improve in stage two, maybe Bishu was focusing a lot of energy on translating and that's why he was able to look better this week uh, because there's a little bit more there. Um, again, I firmly believe that at this level of play, language barrier is an issue, but I do think that it's a smaller issue with these top tier players, a lot of whom will understand or be ready to make call outs, uh, basic call outs in one language, like in English and in Korean or you know, stuff like that. So we'll see how it goes, but I do think that Void on a mechanical skill and overall skill is going to be a slight upgrade from Bishu, although we may not even see him integrated until a little bit later because maybe Bishu is playing an integrated, uh, in, in, I can't think of the word I want right now, but in a very important role in being able to communicate to both sides of the team. So the other thing would be we might find ourselves in a situation where you've got three Korean players, a Brazilian, and whose whose main language is Portuguese. And uh, where are where are Shaz and Big Goose from? Are they from? They're uh, European. They're European players. Fin- Sw- I think are they from Finland or Sweden? You know, like so. They're you know English is their second language. So you have no players on the team. So it, it could be that you want to keep Bishu in there for a little bit until everything smooths over because he may be. You know, the kingpin where he's communicating, you know, to both sides here because he's the only one who speaks fluent Korean and English. Yes, because like, yeah, because uh, the thing is, is that like, I'm sure hydration's English is actually fantastic, Vic, okay? And he spent most of his his last couple years in NA. They know English as well, but it's just the fact, it's just the, um, the fact that like, can they understand Fisher's perhaps uh, speculated a broken English. Like, are, will, will they be able to understand it? That's uh, that you, you, that we may not know. And so, you know, Bishu may have to uh, essentially be that person who can be that bridge who can relay back and forth. And I'm actually I'm imagining cluttered comps, but if it's working for them, by all means, they they should go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll move on that from that because we're already sitting in an hour. So we'll, we'll we'll try to kick into gear a little bit here, guys, but um, and gals. But so the next next one, Zappis was at the arena. I just want to say that his intro was so legit, the beard, and so well the beard. done. Yeah, not his beard is glorious, glorious. But uh, the whole like sunglasses and trench coat and everything, it was great, man. I loved it. I've been a Zappis fan. In fact, going back into when Zappis was playing Anna. Um, I watched his stream. So I used to uh, work this funky shift at work. And so I was always up really early. Um, and I would get to watch Zappis' streams a lot. And it, watching him play Anna is something that I did at the time. I was like, not to credit him totally with my climb, but I was in like mid to low masters. I really focused on playing Anna because I really liked her. I was pr- uh, primarily at Lucio main. Um, before that even and I really focused and latched on to Anna and watching him and his positioning you know he he was a great player and um 
even if he's not playing support, Zappis' pure ability to end up being what the team needs, I think, is huge. Uh, I hope that we get to see him this week. Like I said, for Mayhem to make it into the playoffs at this point, it's going to take some real miracles. They pretty much would have to probably... um, So they've got two weeks left in stage uh, two. So that's four games. And then you have 10 games total from stage three and four. So they're looking at a total of 12 games left. And they're sitting in the overall standings at two and 14. Even if they finished out the rest of the season, uh, they would end up being 14 and 14. That might be good enough to get them into 7th or 8th, but that would assume that they don't lose a single game for the rest of the season, and I don't see that happening. So, if nothing else, I'd like to see Zappis in, just so that he can start getting some more experience on that stage, and continue to improve. I think that Florida is now at the place of this season uh, that many basketball fans have found their team in before considering their own by the Miami Heat. I just want to um, see Zappas play. I, don't, I just want to see what he's going to play, yeah. man. <laughs> I think he, yeah, I don't know. Because honest to goodness, Zappas could end up being uh, the off tank because he's played that role recently and he plays it very well and aggressively. Um, he could end up being a support player because they only have two of those as well. And people have made comments about the struggling support line for them. I'm not sure yet, but I think that at the end of the day, Zappas is a really big and uh, positive addition to this team because of his ability to focus on whatever hero his team needs. In the past, he has been a support main. He's been a DPS main. He's been a, an off-tank main. He is willing to devote the time and his considerable skill and knowledge into mastering whatever hero. I think that he's kind of like Super in that way, that Super can play the role that his team needs him to play, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, I'm excited to see him, though, and I do hope that we get to see him this week. Um, You mentioned this next pickup earlier, Tizzy going to the Spitfire. We won't spend a ton of time on that because I think it's important. I think mostly they wanted another good, solid tank to for internal scrims and just to have a backup. Um, but I think they made it very clear that gesture is going to be their starter. I just, I just don't know. I just don't. I just can't see Tizzy playing second fiddle. But I mean, I, I mean, I understand. I'm with you. He's good. Maybe he ends up being the starter and takes that spot from Gesture. But they wouldn't. They gave Gesture the spot over Fisher. So. I don't know, man. I don't know. Is there a guy in the bushes? I don't know, man. And then the final, uh, not necessarily pickup, but just the final tidbit for the week is, uh, well, next week, Mr. 150K Sinatra, he turns 18. Yeah, we won't see him in this week's games, but next week, um, you know, if Sinatra is still sitting on on waivers, you might want to pick him up just to see what he can do if you – have somebody and maybe a spare tank or someone on your roster or you were in one of those leagues where you ended up getting four support players, man, and Sinatra happens to still be there, pick him up. You never know. It might be a gold mine. Uh, we did forget one, though, and that is actually um, – we are going to talk about this briefly. Um, I say it all the time. Be excellent to each other. Somebody in the league has not been excellent to everybody or maybe anybody, maybe not even his own team, and that's XQC. He's now off of the Dallas Fuel roster. He has been uh, released. Um, I, I do believe that it probably was something mutual. I don't want to get into the drama. 
I just want to say that I think that maybe the fuel will be able to bounce back. I saw some tweets from his replacement OGE basically just, you know, honest to goodness, um, people question his stats. I'm going to put all that aside because stats are super subjective, especially when you're struggling for success in other places. Um, and what different play styles and things Kai Kai even said himself and I, you guys can place your hate for Kai Kai wherever you want it. But, um, the tweets OGE made about the team and what he thinks he can do were very leadership-like. Something that the Dallas uh, Fuel needs right now. Yeah, dude, the Dallas Fuel have never had a real leader. Harry Hook is the quote-unquote team captain, but he doesn't he doesn't calm that much. Um, he's not making the calls. You rarely when they show like the team callouts, you rarely hear Harry Hook, and that's okay. That might not be what he does as a captain. Everybody has different roles and and leads in different ways. He may be the you know, out of game captain, but in previous seasons and stuff and in other tournaments, I've heard that Taimu is one of the main shot callers. Uh, he's been frantic and um, inconsistent at best. Uh, rumors are flying about his future as well, and he has already been fine. So I don't know what's going to end up happening with him. But what I do think is that if nothing else, OGE seems to be ready, or Ogi, I don't know how what he calls himself, I'm not sure, but he seems to be ready to put in work, and he's willing to take responsibility and try to lead this team into something better for the future, um, and I hope to see it. Uh, I think that if you get rid of the toxic people and, and the negative attitudes and stuff, there is still a lot of gold on that Dallas Fuel roster. I think Custa has a ton of skill and a lot of promise. I think Harry Hook is still a very talented player. Um, Mickey is, while he's more of a defensive minded diva, I think he's still a solid player overall. And we've talked in depth about AKM and Rascal and what we think their future could be and how great they are. Um, so I'm excited to see what OGE can do once he gets to the United States. Um, glad to hear that that was another, uh, quote unquote rumor from, uh, the information that my boy Mikey handed to me a couple weeks ago. But that brings us into, or do you want to say anything about OGE? Um, there's nothing, I, I, I don't really know much about, I never really knew much about OGE. I just knew that, uh, he played for, he played for Combox and, uh, he was, he was a consistent, solid player for them. Uh, every Combox teammate always had, always had good things to say about him. Um, uh, and, um, like he was essentially a brother, both a brother a father and a father figure to in the team kept him. He always, he always kept them uh, together, and I mean, Combox they had meddling success in the Apex scene, but it, but like but so did but so did another player uh, in the Overwatch League right now, Fleta. He personally he only had meddling his team only had meddling success in the Apex scene as well, but he his individual performance was well enough to garner him. A spot on the Soul Dynasty, and so we could and, and look how well he's yeah, doing. Yeah, so you know, with OGE, perhaps we could get a we get another phenomenon like that. That's all I really have to say yeah. about OGE. I'm with you on that. Actually, I think I didn't even really think about it that much to compare him and Flutter, but I think that is good analysis because you know I saw somebody tweeting out like his pure Winston's lab stats, and again, stats don't tell the whole story, but you know, a tank can only do so much. Um, 
And if it's, you know, obviously I think Fleta always had good performances, but again, like we've talked about that, even within fantasy, you know, you could be the DPS on the team that's losing. Dia and Undead have had good weeks, you know, and, and, and they're on a team that's getting stomped out like freaking, you know, coals getting dropped in the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know what you want to call it, but so I think I'm excited to see what he can do. Again, I hope that we see him and some of the other changes that Fuel have made and hopefully will make in the future will help them to be a more competitive team. At the end of the day, I want Overwatch League to succeed, and I think it's going to do that with uh, positive reputation players, people who are going to bring um, good attitudes, strong play, and the overall benefit of the league. Um, so that's that. Let's let's jump in, though, because we're, we're already sitting at an hour and ten almost, and we're yet to clever the week preview so we'll do these kind of quick guys uh, we appreciate you sticking with us and chilling and listening to this hopefully you're enjoying your commute or wherever you're listening in from um, the first matchup uh, of the week is going to be boston versus dallas we just kind of talked a little bit about dallas but i do think that even boston who's struggling in this meta um, is going to be able to pull out the win here probably 3-1 maybe even a 4-0 we don't know who's tanking for dallas i've heard that um, Coco wasn't even in scrims for a little bit and now with XQC gone maybe we end up seeing the guy who has good aim on Winston again and he's had mediocre success at best at the tank good ain't a, good ain't he's a, a talented good ain't a fine by the way <laughs> yeah so so we'll see what happens I think not only the fine but r- other rumors around about maybe his possible change in futures all of that stuff. Like I, I think that fuel is good for a rough week this week. And it, what's sad is that I'm sure that they're going to have a rough week. And then all of a sudden, all of their fans going to be blaming Kai Kai. And I don't think that's where the blame belongs. I think some of it, but uh, if we're being honest, when you're blaming a team for failures and sec- success, it goes, it goes throughout. One person can't accept all of it. Uh, despite what Mickey wants to do because he wants his team to, to stay positive and he wants to, I, I truly believe that Mickey just doesn't want certain players on his team to get super negative. Um, failure starts and begins from the, from the top. So uh, I'm going to go with Boston here. I do think though, if you have AKM, he's definitely startable. Uh, I would also argue that Harry hook is probably a startable DPS player for Dallas for Boston. Gamsu, if he sees playtime, I'd try to keep your eyes on Twitter about that. I would probably start Gamsu if he's going to play. Uh, if you have Striker or um, dang it, Dreamcaster, there we go. If you have Striker or Dreamcaster, they're definitely playable as well. They're going to be must-starts in my mind, especially going into this week. Uh, mistakes, if you're absolutely desperate. We haven't seen him get a ton of playtime, but it may be possible. Uh, do you have anything to say about Boston or Dallas? Um, nothing that nothing to disagree with you on there. I'm, I'm expecting I'm expecting basically the identical thing of what you said. I'm expecting um, solid play from Gansu and just a tragic um, tragic struggle. Another just another week for Dallas after just a disheartening week of the pre in, in the previous week. So I just said week three times, but yeah, it's just like the. Weak, weak, the word weak and Dallas right now, currently, just they don't go well together. Yeah, absolutely. 
Dallas was weak last week. Uh, okay, enough for the puns. <laughs> enough for the puns. All right, yeah. but uh, why don't you talk about NYXL and Soul? All right, NYXL versus Soul. This is Apex matchup. I, I miss it. You can tell I miss Apex, by the way. But um, it was a great series. Great casting. Great production. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It was good. All right, so so what they so um with this matchup we have. Okay, so let's see. Soul right now, as far as the standing goes, are the best team, and then, and, and then uh, NYXL, what they they beat the stage the stage one winners recently, and New York is also still coming off a um, they come off a fantastic week beating out their throwing shock uh for owing shock and the Shanghai Dragons, which isn't exactly spectacular actually expected, but they 3-1 the Philadelphia Fusion. As they 3-1 the Philadelphia Fusion, who were on the come-up as uh, until recently of this week with with uh, having to play against the Valiant, Seoul, and uh, New York. But back to what I'm talking about. New York, Seoul, this is, a ga- this is a game with playoff implications, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. And Stage playoffs, yeah. For stage sure. playoff implications, in all honesty, and um, and in my in my eyes, I'm thinking just because I'm an Excelsior fan, I've loved LLB Blue from the start. I think I think Excelsior takes it. This could be a tough match. This could be a tough match. This could go close to three uh, two, perhaps, or it could be, or it could just be decisive. Thing is, though, this is this is New York, and this is Seoul. They. Nothing is ever out of the window for either of these teams, so I have to. I'm, I'm gonna. Think it's, I think it's gonna be a three-two. And uh, as for players, as for players, DPS uh, the DPS role, Sabiobi, uh, Sabiobi um, is a must-start. And uh, let me see. I'm expecting Fleta, and I'm expecting Munchkin also as well to to, to perform well. And with the uh, with the tank lineup, um, Matt Mono for the New York Excelsior, he's going to be a solid start. Mono Mecco, and for the Soul lineup, I've said I've said it before, and I've, I've said it before. Miro, he he always seems to not die, but I think that's going to come to an end just for this week and just for that day against New York. They know that he is their high impact value player in a team with a in a team with a ton of high value players, but I think that uh, they're gonna find a way to put a stop to his reign of like zero deaths. And so, f- as far as the tanks go, if you're if you're owning Zumba, play him. And so, and uh, this is just gonna be a battle of the supports with Jonak and Jayhong. I. Can't wait! I can't wait to see this. What are your thoughts, Vic? I I pretty much agree with you on that. I think that uh, both these teams are extremely strong. This is going to be a great matchup. Uh, both of them have good matchups throughout the week, and not necessarily saying that they're going to win them, um, because obviously one of them is going to lose this one, and one of them is going to win it. But uh, they have good matchups for points. Okay, Seoul playing London in their other game, and we'll get that to that in a little bit. And New York is playing the Dragons, which may mean, like I said earlier, that some of their top players don't play. Maybe Pine starts against the Dragons, but I think all in all, it's going to be a good week for points for the uh, the Dragons and Seoul, or not sorry, uh, New York Excelsior and Seoul rather. Um, 
I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, but that brings us into Fusion in Shanghai, which is the third game on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, I think that I'm going to take Fusion to win this, probably 4-0, but maybe the Dragons will get a map. Fusion is is probably, of the players that we've talked about so far, you know, teams yet, well, the team, the players on the teams, um, Fusion's the one I'm most concerned about who's going to play. I think we're probably going to see Poco, we're going to see Fraggy, but also against, actually, we might not see Poco, because Hoppa might end up playing against Shanghai, get him some more playing time. Cart, we talked about this in our kind of pre-show meeting, uh, what if we don't see what Carpe has played almost every single map the entire season, and he is so good. Carpe is on another level, one of the best players in the world. Uh, rumored to be one of the highest paid players for. Oh yeah, you pay him the you pay but, him the big bucks, he gets you the big results. But uh, yeah, absolutely, he, he's so talented. But they're playing Shanghai, so what if Snillo recently came of also age, plays away? Exactly. Who doesn't have any time on stage? Who is not was not even there? None of Philly played in the preseason, but I don't even think Snilla was in North America until a couple weeks ago. Um, what if you give Snilla a shot? We'll let him play against the Dragons and see what he's got. For more than one reason, we've said it before: Houston needs a tracer player. Snilla has a visa; he is in the United States. If he goes in there and they play him this week and Snillo does a great job, I would shop him to other teams. That's me personally, but I'm just saying there's a chance we might see Snillo and they let Carpe rest. If I was the GM, if I was one of the coaches for Fusion, I would say, hey, look, let's let's uh, let's give Snillo a couple days or I'm um, sorry, let's give. Carpe a couple days, maybe even the week, because who's Philly playing in the second game? None other than the Dallas Fuel. And I, as far as I'm concerned, the fusion is going to be a nuclear reaction that the Fuel cannot stop. You tried, you tried there, but uh, <laughs> I did. You tried, maybe you tried there, but uh, yeah, with the uh, with the fusion. Snillo, he's uh, a heralded player from EU, and um, he re- he's just recently came of age. It's it all lines up perfectly. They're playing the Dragons. Carpe hasn't had Car- I believe what Carpe and Frag have been the most played to the, the two most played players in this in the entire league, and uh, I mean not in the entire league, but in the entire team. And you know, Fraggy he he has to be played because. The other main tank is on the bench for a whole other stage. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an issue there. But now Carpe, he hasn't been rested yet. I'm sure he would love the. I'm sure he would love the rest. Not that he would underperform if he didn't. But um, it's it. But Snillo just recently came of age, and I've spotted him recently playing a ton of ranked in the last three days with Neptuno. That now ranked doesn't also necessarily uh, indicate anything much, but. I haven't seen I haven't seen an influx in his play like in ranked. Just seeing him in playing the ladder in the last three days more than I've seen in like the past month. So could and with Neptuno maybe and they're trying to build some of that tracer uh, support yeah. synergy, yeah, so that they can get ready. But um, I'm definitely excited. I think that it's going to be a good game overall, and I think because uh, I think that 
I'm, the Dragons have improved in some ways, and I'm excited to see what they can do. I do think, like I said, Fusion's probably going to four zero. But yeah, just be wa- be just be wary. For the just future. be wary of like playing of like of you know your cart your Carpe and Shadowburn kind kind of deal because oh, this oh, is absolutely. essentially this Shadow- should be a rest week for them. But who knows? Well, and I mean, we haven't known who's playing between Shadowburn and EQO for the last two weeks, so. I think we need to kind of let that situation settle as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. And then this brings us into... All right. And that kind of concludes what we have on Wednesday. Going into Thursday, we got some good matchups. Uh, we got Shanghai Dragons going against the NYXL for the first one. Why don't you tell me what you think about that one, Mikey? Okay. Well, NYXL versus Shanghai Dragons. This is a day after the Shanghai has to go again. They had to finish off against the Fusion. So they're playing another Goliath of a team. I'm expecting, effectively, New York's entire squad to just perform phenomenally. I'm expecting uh, Jonak to add to his mound of score and solidify his number one status in the fantasy leaderboards. And I'm also expecting Sabioli to do well, and that Shanghai's going to have a difficult time shutting him down, killing him, and his first pick potential as on the Tracer adds more to his value. Meko Mano, I don't expect many deaths from them. And I expect much kills, much ults. Now, for the Dragons, the only person I can fathom to play or start is Undead. Uh, if you had to, in the DPS 3 or 4 spot. In that he's the only effective DPS with on the team with uh, Dia out. And so, he's going to be racking up a ton of kills and ultimates uh, in theory. But now, NYXL could be taken out of account and perhaps shutting him down. Not letting him do uh, do what he wants. What are your thoughts? I'm with you, man. I think that we've we've kind of consistently said, you know, with the Shanghai players, uh, it's hit or miss, man. That's volatile. Uh, sometimes, you know, depending on the matchup, they played really well, and the DPS players have still been able to score you a ton of points, even though they're getting shut down hard or their team is losing really bad. It is what it is. If you got undead. He's probably one of the top four DPS players you have on your roster. If you start him, I ain't going to judge you. But if you drop him to pick up, you know, somebody else who's on the waivers or one of the new players, definitely worth. We just got to see. I'm hoping, though, that in the future, Shanghai will give us a different story. But that brings us into the next game of Thursday, and that's going to be the Mayhem, who picked up some of the players we talked about earlier, and the Valiant. They may not have Architect or Choi, or they might end up with Moth this week. Who knows? If, if it's approved, and Florida versus who knows? Valiant, he, shock. Yeah. Oh, Valiant. Sorry. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I, don't, I was California on the mind, but... Um, you know, maybe Moth's already in Los Angeles. We don't know. But... Uh, you know, I'm going to call Valiant on the win on this one. Uh, one, Ford, uh, Mayhem doesn't have uh, the players we talked about uh, earlier, the ones that they picked up. Zappis might play for them. Man, I really was off my game on that one. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to start that one over. So we got Florida versus Valiant. Florida did make some changes and pick up some new players. Um, they are on their way to North America. Sia player uh, and stuff is on their way, but they may not be there this week, so I'm not necessarily counting on them to make a difference. Valiant, on the other hand, continues to look stronger and continues to look like they're improving. Uh, maybe the coaching changes are going to end up paying off in the long run. Um, 
I do think Valiant's going to be able to take this 3-1. to one. Florida continues to struggle, and I'm not convinced that one week with Zappis is going to be enough to lead them to victory. Uh, though at the same time, you do want to start some of those players. Like I talked about, I'd still start to Vic. Um, Logic has started to improve and is looking better and more comfortable, so he's definitely a startable option. Uh, their support players, unless you absolutely have to and you don't have something better. Um, Valiant, on the other hand, is another story. Unko is still startable most weeks. He's kind of in the middle of the pack, but he's not going to hurt you too bad on new scoring. Uh, the tanks, Fate and Envy are must-starts. They've been consistently high, and some of the best tanks in the league soon is, continues to be one of the best DPS, and his tracer play is only improving. I think that this week, soon's facing off against the Mayhem and Boston Uprising. I expect him to do well. Uh, but that brings us into the final game of Thursday, which is going to be my team, the Houston Outlaws, up the ante versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. And the boy, the man, the myth, the meme legend we talked about earlier, Fisher. How do you think that's going to go, Mikey? All right. Stage one, we saw uh, we saw the, the Outlaws uh, prodding, the, prodding their way into perhaps uh, into playoff talks and, and uh, making a dent in it. Now, the story has flipped now that the Gladiators are perhaps that t- the, t- the team that's the dark horse. Now, I'm expi- I'm definitely excited to see Muma and Fisher go at it. This is going to be a tank matchup that um, is going to be more impressive than, say, in the previous Muma and Remix matchup. So now, with, uh, with, this, with this, I'm saying Gladiators m- might take this. This could get this could get close just because Houston is just that unstable. They uh, the same moment that they four zero someone, they could barely three two someone. They could, or they might get oh, they were they might get four would So um, I'm ex- I'm expecting big things from Fisher. Hydration is set to go off at any moment. Explosive man, explosive boy, but also could effectively do nothing. I'm still I'm still banking on hydration to make a dent for the uh, gladiators and for uh, for Houston I'm expecting another big game and just oh, and consistent performance from Rockus Linkser Linkser is a bit of an asterisk so that's your judgment on that Muma cool map that's uh, that's a plus. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The only thing with Diva players sometimes, or the the bug with not getting their alts and stuff, which I assume is just because they can't track which one is the ultimate and which one is the read mecking. So, you know, you do lose some points out on that. But I do think that Cool Matt is still going to be a positive play. If you have a better tank on the, on your lineup, he might be the one you they might be the one you want to play. But he's definitely playable. Everybody else, even Jake, uh, Jake is. Not going to be the top 1-2 DPS that you expect him to be after watching Stage 1. And that's because his hero pool, as we discussed earlier, is just not quite there yet, uh, to, to say it nicely. Um, but at the same time, he still has been a top 3, top 4 uh, DPS level player, a DPS 3, DPS 4 level player. Um, and that brings us into Friday, though. Uh you know, I do want to say up the ante one more time just to get it in there. 
But Friday, we're going to see the Gladiators facing off against Florida. I'm going to take the Gladiators, and this is a 4-0. But same thing we said with the Florida players earlier. A lot of the Gladiator players we've already talked about. I'm going to be starting Fisher. I'm going to be starting Asher. Hydration, I would start sure for if you have to. Maybe he's a DPS 3, DPS 4 player, hopefully for you. Um, just because his playtime has been going down a little bit with the current team roster. Uh, Bishu, hopefully you have a better tank option, but if you guys start him, you start him. Uh, Shaz and Big Goose, absolutely startable as a solo or as a support player. Um, both of them have done well, never necessarily at the top, but always consistently decent and very rarely in the negatives. Consistently um, decent, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I really, I, and, and I say that from a fantasy value. I want to reiterate that. Consistently decent and fantasy, but they have played amazingly well. Yes, on And stage. they have done their jobs extremely well. They are top-tier support players without a doubt. They're some of the best in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, they're especially they're, they're, they're from they're the West. Top tier. It's just that, like in the league right now, there's out there we have you have players like the likes of Jay Hong, like the likes of um, uh, Jonak right now. That's the that's the only barrier so far. Yeah, that's a lot of competition. Uh, so that brings us though into the second game of Friday, which is going to be London versus Shock. Uh, what are your thoughts going into that one? London versus Shock. All right. Uh. I'm trying to figure out a scenario that Shock could take a map off of London, but theoretically, every comp that Shock could throw at them, and every London could mirror them, or just play it better, or just play it better than them, in every way. The map pool doesn't exactly favor uh, Shock, doesn't exactly favor Shock the, the best, and London the they're out for blood. They're out for blood. Um, you know, after losing to the Gladiators, they want to fi- they want to finish out this week with no other hiccups from another California team. Uh, as far as players goes, I'm s- I'm thinking. Um, no, I'm I'm am saying Profit Bur- or Profit Burgering must starts top top of the line DPS in fantasy, top of the line uh, DPS in the league. Uh, I'm. Bedosin and um, Bedosin and the other and the the other support that they choose to play, unstable support line by the way for uh, London. Play them. They're they're doing well right now. There's no reason they're not going to do well against the shock. For the shock, on the other hand, only if you have Dante for that DPS two or three spot. I I say Dante. He's uh, week in, week out, loss, win or loss, with a bunch, with a handful of wins and losses. Dante has played well. Play, uh, uh, the s- statistic output has just been phenomenal to just fantastic, and I'm expecting just the same overall consistent performance from him. What are your thoughts? I'm with you. I, I think that we're on the same page with both those teams. We kind of talked about their rosters a little bit earlier. Um, London, if you got one of the studs that they play all the time, they're def- you guys start him. You guys start Gesture. Bedozen's got to be started. Profit and Bergring, two of the best players in the world. Um, they're must-starts, man. The, the Profit and Bergring are both DPS one. Uh, Shock, if you got Dante, must-start. Baby Bay, must-start. 
for this week. Both, you know, both of them are going to get the playtime this week. In the future, we don't know. Um, so start them while you still can and while you can be confident about it. Uh, and that brings us to the next game, though, which is going to be Valiant versus Austin. Um, a lot. I think this is going to be a contested match. This is going to be a test for Boston and for Valiant uh, confirmation that they belong where they are. If they continue to play well this week, uh, we'll see how it goes. But I do think that you know a lot of the Valiant players we already kind of talked about needing to start. You got to start them again. As for Boston, Gamsu, Striker, Dream Casper, get them in your lineup. They're, they've been well, been consistent. They've done well. I do still believe in them. Um, and that brings us so wait, wait, to wait, our wait. final. Valiant and oh, Boston are going to be your statement game of the week, right? Is that what you're calling? Mm, no. no. I would say that it's... Well, actually, you know what? Okay, so... I made the past two statement games now. I, what about? I do not think that that's going to be the biggest statement game of the week. However, I do think that for Valiant, who has struggled for parts of Stage 2 and looked great in other parts of the second stage, and then Boston, who's really struggled but started to look better last week. Um, if Boston can show up against Valiant, it'll say a lot about where they are in their future for the rest of this or like the next week of the stage and maybe after that. And if Valiant, I think Valiant's going to win. And I think it's going to be a 3-1. However, however, I do think that there is a path that Boston could win. If Boston wins it, it may be the biggest statement of the week. And it also says a lot about what Boston's going to be able to do in the future. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's an exception. I, I, it, it should be a good game, though. I'm excited to watch it. I think Valiant's going to take it, but I do think that there's a possibility that Boston makes a statement with the game. Um, and that brings us to Saturday, the final day of the week. We got the first game kicking off, and the afternoon is going to be Seoul versus London. Um, what do you think about that game, Mikey? All right, Seoul versus London. Again, another game with playoff implications, stage stage playoff implications, probably even just playoff implications in general. But um, this is this is going to be one hell of a matchup again. With uh, but essentially, this might actually be more of a mirror matchup than uh, than NYXL versus Seoul because Seoul and London they both play quite quite a counter engage not counter engage they they play with a uh, defensive mindedly is what i'm trying to put out there and and with uh and then london recently they've had success in king in the king of the hill game mode whereas soul has actually somewhat dropped off but dropped off and and then but then also you have to factor in that stage two really benefits soul and london's play style uh so this is an extremely mirrored matchup. This is a difficult call to say to say, to say the most. But as for Seoul, uh, it's going to be uh, you're going to hear me. It's, I'm going to be a broken record. Fleta, Miro, Zumba, Jay Hong. Uh, they, these are these are your players. Must start. You have to you have to play if you have them. Uh, and yeah, or funny and bunch. Can you just don't know who's going to play on what day? They both could be amazing. In fact, if they if they tweeted out on Wednesday 
that they're starting Munchkin all week, I'm going to tell you to start Munchkin. If they say we're going to start Bunny all week, I'm going to tell you to start Bunny. Because both of them, while they play different styles, both have the capability of being a, a top, uh, you know, a DPS three, a DPS two, even. But you just don't know who. Yeah, they're you just don't play. know. You just don't know. But then, whereas with London, they're you know they're going to cap it off with Burgering and Profit, Profit Burgering, and uh, yep, they're 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 DPS. These are DPS one potential players. It's just whoever you happen yeah. to own. If you own both of them. Power, uh, hats off to you. I don't know how you pulled that yeah, off. Yeah, you had a good draft. <laughs> you, had a, you had an amazing draft. But uh, yeah, Profit Burgering, Must Starts. And um, Wu, I'm, I'm going to expect a little struggle from Wu, y'all. But that's just my speculation. I could be completely out of the park wrong with that, okay? And um, I will say, though, I think London's going to have quite a difficult time with their supports. Fleta, Fleta, Miro. They have a nose to get to get over there to get in there, and and just and uh, pick them off. They that's just my view. I think Soul is going to take this one. Is going to take the victory here? Do I and like I could say three two because it's going to be a good match. But the thing with Soul is, their most of their victories have always been decisive. So my uh, so my prediction three one. So, what are your thoughts? Man, that's hard. I I think that Seoul is a more consistent team, whereas London has higher peaks but lower lows. Um, so, if London shows up prepared and plays the best that they can, I'm going to call London winning. Uh, it, on my pick them for the week, I am pretty... Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a London by the dog. Probably go London in a 3-2 victory over Seoul. However, regardless of how it goes, I'm not going to be surprised. Uh, I agree with all the player calls you really made there for the most part. I think it's going to be a good matchup, and I'm excited to watch it. Um, but if I was gambling on these matches, which I am not. IRS, if you're listening, I am not. Um <laughs> If I was gambling, I'd probably avoid this one because it, it really could go either way. Uh, but that brings us into the next matchup, which I don't think can go either way. Although, you never know. Uh, I'm going to call Houston beating out Shock. Uh, I'd say it's probably going to be a 3-1 for Shock, maybe even a 4-0. Or sorry, a 3-1 for Houston, maybe even a 4-0 for Houston. Um, Houston, you're going to want to play Linkser. Jake, you're probably going to play because if you have him, Chances are you probably don't have somebody who has his high potential, um, even in the current meta where he's struggling greatly. I just saw a stat tweeted out that he has the second lowest damage per 10 minutes as a tracer. Are you serious? So, oh, as a tracer. Are you serious? As a as tracer. Yes. Uh, he was on the top of uh, uh, damage in stage one. Yeah. But, uh, but as a tracer, he's the second lowest, and the only person beating him is Clockwork. Or worse than him, his clockwork. Oh, that's so, just and, that's just playing time too. Yeah, and, and well, no, this oh, is based they, on damage per ten. Yeah. Um, and, and and some of it is based on the style that they're playing with the tracer. However, I'd like to see where Linkser is there because when Linkser plays tracer, he doesn't seem to struggle as much. So maybe they allow Linkser to kind of do what Linkser wants to do, and Jake and Clockwork try to stick to a different game plan. I don't know. I'm going to leave that alone. All I'm saying is. 
I still think you're going to want to start Muma. Cool Matt's still a good pickup. You're going to want to start Rockus if you have him. Uh, Bonnie or Boink if you have to, but just not consistent play time in the current meta. Um, and as for Shock, like I said earlier when I talked about him, you're going to want to start the DPS. Sleepy, if you have him, you're probably going to be starting him unless you happen to have, you know, Jonak, Bedozin, um, someone up at that caliber. Uh, I think that kind of finishes up that. The last game we got for the week, the whole week, is going to be on Saturday afternoon. You got Dallas Dallas Fuel going up against the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game, Mikey? Uh, well, Dallas, I mean, uh, the Fusion, they're coming, again, this is coming off of playing the uh, Shanghai Dragons, I believe, two days earlier. Yeah, yeah, uh, playing the Shanghai Dragons two days earlier. I'm, I don't, again, this is another game that I think Fusion are going to decisively win. They're, they, they could probably throw the last map, uh, don't throw, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything, but, um, uh, like, I'd be hesitant to start your fusion, your fusion players, say, um, Carpe and, uh, or Shadowburn, because this is also, uh, looking up to be, like, Carpe's rest week for, um, <clears throat> and it'll be the Snil, it'll be the Snillo running the show, because I believe what, the day after, I mean, the the game after they play Dallas, they have to face uh, um, they have to face the Gladiators. So you wanna you will de- they'll definitely want to have Carpe rested up for fully to divert his attention to that. So um, as a, so as I speak for Philly, you want to start okay for Philly. You want to start Fraggy since he'll be he's the uh, only tank player right there and um he's gonna provide that consistent output just because he's the only main tank player for philly and i'm maybe maybe i'm expecting a good performance out of boombox as well and that's that's just that's just a wild guess i actually have no evidence or any back thought to back that up that is up to y'all and for dallas perhaps maybe I'm gonna. I expect something out of AKM, and perhaps Rascal. Other than that, I. It's, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be another rough week for Dallas. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on Dallas. It's gonna be a rough week, and we just don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know who's playing. We don't know what kind of consistent we consistency we can expect. Uh, I'm with you on Fusion. I would say that. If I if I was a gambling man, which earlier we discussed this, and I'm not then I would put EQO in. Um, I think that given the matchups this week, um, they may let him play to continue to play on stage, get more experience, and show him off a little bit. Um, but we'll have to see. I do think that the most of your calls were, were really spot on. I know this episode has gone on uh, super long. I apologize to the listeners, but I do hope you enjoyed it. We had a ton of information to cover, and I think that it'll be really beneficial for everybody this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to tell the people this week? Mike? Oh yeah, you want to? Oh yeah, next uh, next can, show, uh, find them? next show, or perhaps the show uh, after next. Be expecting be expecting a new segment called Cheers, Beers, Jeers. 
it's well, more information when the show when the second comes up and perhaps our future show and for the uh next episode expecting a stage a stage three meta meta um prediction slash slash report with regards to sombra uh, that's uh, absolutely that's in the plans and um yeah uh, make sure to join our Discord. Next week too, we're going to try to hit up on that on that Twitch as well. So I'm getting the some of the the Twitch stuff set up, and we're going to hopefully be able to live stream that episode video for y'all. Okay, yeah, and be sure to follow our. Be sure to join our Discord. Converse with us. We enjoy talking Overwatch uh, with, with everyone just as much as like him and I like to talk. Uh, make sure to follow our Twitter. I'm. Um, I am a WJ WJL. Um, wait, I even, I, I forgot my, my Twitter handle. You are you are W Mikey, J- or W Mike JL. W Mike JL on Twitter, and uh, and you know feel, feel feel free to follow me, ask me questions or whatever. I don't really post much Overwatch related stuff. If I do, it's a like or retweet or something. But uh, yeah, feel, yeah, feel free to uh, you know just message me any thought any thoughts. And uh, on how to improve the show, how I'm doing, whatever. I, I, I love feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And you can uh, talk to both of us. You can join our Discord. I'll put that in the show notes as well as you can follow uh, the show on Twitter at FantasyWatchOdub. Uh, and there's going to be a link. Our pinned tweet has the Discord link in there. So you can find us there as well. Uh, you can email the show at FantasyWatchOdub at gmail.com. I'll be honest, I haven't checked in a week. So if you emailed there, my bad, dudes. Uh, oh, you won. And uh, you can follow me personally at InvictusOdub on Twitter.com. And uh, other than that, my friends, go forth, be excellent to each other. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you this week. Good luck.